Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. You know, it's kind of interesting. You sit around and chat with people in the backyard over a beer and you start talking about Wisconsin. Many people, visitors and citizens alike, recognize Wisconsin as America's dairy land, know that agriculture is an important part of what makes up the state. But, you know, you might want to take a closer look at some of the realities versus your perceptions. In studio with us today, Dr. Steve Deller. He is with uh, University Agriculture Economics Department, as opposed to the real long phrase that they sometimes use. But he is somebody that uh, notices and some of these uh, changes in our demographics, changes in what's happening with the functional Wisconsin agriculture in the state. And he just wrapped up a very interesting survey that pulls together details on farm household income that might surprise you. Steve, what made you want to take a look at this slice of Wisconsin agriculture? Well, we've known for a number of years now that a lot of farm families um, have off-farm income. And historically, it was primarily as a mechanism to get health insurance. But what we're finding is that over time, the dependency of that off-farm income is getting larger and larger and larger. And we wanted to kind of see what the most current data says about that level of dependency. And it was kind of, it was kind of surprising. I, I knew that it was shifting, but I didn't realize that it had shifted to the extent that it does. That the vast majority of Wisconsin farm households or families, they get the majority of their income from off-farm sources. Mm-hmm. And those off-farm sources can be a lot of different types, but... In the other part that I thought was interesting, tell them about your sample size so that they recognize you really took a look at a lot of different farms, a lot of different types of farms, because there's some very interesting patterns when you really get into the numbers deeper. Yes, there's two primary sources of data that we use when we look at Wisconsin agriculture. One is the Census of Agriculture, which is done every five years. The other is the USDA Economic Research Service has this survey called ARMS, which is a much more detailed survey that is done every year. And because of the number of farms in Wisconsin, we're able to get Wisconsin-specific data here. And they get into a little bit more detail. The census is really kind of interested in the operation of the farm, um, whereas the arms is more interested in kind of how the farm is doing financially, how is the family doing financially. So we get a different set of data from the arms data, and that's what we have here. And like I said, uh, there are a lot of people in Wisconsin that assume every farm they drive past is financially dependent on agriculture. Give us some of the bullet points, Steve, that you walked away with from your survey of all Wisconsin farms. Again, remember, at the outset, it's taking a look at all Wisconsin farms of various sizes, various types. One of the things is that the number of farms in Wisconsin, we have a large number of relatively small farms. Um, Indeed, Almost half of farms, not quite half of the farms in Wisconsin, have sales of less than $10,000. And, you know, as a, a business that generates that kind of revenue isn't really sufficient to support a you know, support the farmer and the farmer's family. So we're looking at off-farm income. And, um, indeed, a little over half um, of the farmers in the ARMS data actually, you know, report that 
farming is not their primary occupation. Um, it is it is some other uh, type of employment. So when you look at uh, the typical farm household over the last five, well, between 2016 and 2020, the most current data that we have, um, receives about 75% of their income from off-farm sources. Indeed, when you look at um, the smallest farms, the farms with less than $100,000 in sales, which dominates it's almost three-quarters, 80% of all the farms in Wisconsin. Um, you're looking at um, nearly 100%, more than 100% of the farm household or family is, income is coming from off the farm. Now, what that tells me is that that off-farm income is actually supplementing the farm. It's allowing that farm to continue in operation. The farm can essentially break even, if you will, uh, and continue operating, but the family is able to maintain a standard of living that they find acceptable because of off-farm income. Now, there's a lot of different stories behind what Dr. Steve Deller is telling us here. Uh, the straightforward information about the fact that 75% of Wisconsin farms are basically depending on some other form of income to continue to function as a family. That also speaks to the dynamics of our rural communities. You know, for a long time, people moved out to the country, and uh, when they got to a community where they saw a tractor driving down the road or maybe an FFA signed by the high school, they felt that agriculture was the reason that that community, that rural economy, was surviving, thriving. Now it seems as if agriculture is becoming more dependent on that rural economy for that off-farm income, Steve. That's true. I think, you know, 50 years ago, definitely 75 years ago, a lot of these rural communities were there because of agriculture. But that's changed. So that notion that these rural communities are dependent upon those farms being there was true 50, 75 years ago. But that relationship, as you note, has kind of flipped now. If we, you know, the policy implication that comes out of this study is that if we want to kind of save the family farm, we need to kind of focus on creating off-farm employment opportunities. That relationship has kind of changed direction. And, you know, this the, the, having a vibrant employment uh, market, non-ag-related vibrant employment market, is actually allowing these farms to continue in operation. You know, and that's, uh, that's something, if you slow down and think about farm families that you might know, uh, many times uh, one of the partners might be a teacher, a nurse, uh, has accounting or something that they can do, and they can either drive into a metropolitan or more urban area and work or do some of the work from their home. Talk to me a little bit about that, Steve. What did you learn about why are we, I mean, aside from the obvious that the farm's not making enough money, but elaborate on why we are seeking that off-farm income. For a long time, even myself as a kid, you wanted an off-farm job for the insurance. Is that still the underlying reason? I think that that was many years ago. But I think that it's gotten to a point <clears throat> now that it's not only the insurance, it's the actual income that provides stability, financial stability to the, to the family. And with that stability and a certain standard of living uh, that the farm family finds acceptable, they're able to keep the farm operating. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so it, it again goes back to the, the to the kind of the, the if if we want to keep farms vibrant in Wisconsin, we need to kind of focus on getting those off-farm employment opportunities and trying to provide that networking that allows for that. 
What else did you learn in this uh, survey? Again, Dr. Steve Dellers in studio with us. He's a professor, Department of Applied and Agriculture Economics on the UW-Madison campus. Quite often, especially when we do our uh, yearly updates with UW, uh, Dr. Deller comes in and takes a deeper dive on some of the statistics that make up Wisconsin agriculture. And as he's pointing out in this one, it is that reality that many farms through the uncertainty of commodity prices, the erratic weather, what have you, have turned for a little bit of a rock-solid dependent part of their income to off-farm jobs. And that's usually the female, correct? Usually, but that's changing over time. The number of women farmers has actually been growing quite significantly. You can almost see the the growth in the number of women farmers line up with the growth in the interest in local foods. Mm-hmm. And women farmers um, tend to be more of an equal partner, if you will, uh, with, the, with the spouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, more women farmers are, are kind of taking it on and, and becoming the primary farmer. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was surprising. Um, it also hinges on, and I, the data doesn't allow us to kind of look at the you know, the, the commodity, what is the farm producing? So the difference between, say, a grain farmer and a livestock farmer is very, very different. Mm-hmm. A grain farmer, I'm from Illinois, and it's corn and beans. Mm-hmm. And there, many of the farmers have off-farm employment, okay? And because the nature of the operation, they don't need to be on the farm day in and day out. With, a, say, a dairy operation or a hog operation or a poultry operation, you have to be on that farm every single day. So there's a difference there. And unfortunately, we can't get into that. So, you know, the answer to your question is going to depend somewhat on, you know, what is the farmer actually producing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit then about what does this mean to Wisconsin, our heritage, which we are so deeply proud of, and going forward. Uh, It does not appear that this is a trend that's going to change. Um, We mentioned that about 10% of Wisconsin farms are of the scope, of the size, where they're generating enough income to cover everybody, let's say. And there seems to be a Uh, a tone in the state that we don't want those big farms. How feasible is it, Steve, for those people that say we must save the small family farms or the medium family farms, explain for them there aren't many medium farms left anymore. That was one, not in this particular study, but in other work, one of the things that we're finding over time is that the the kind of the distribution of farm size, if you will, is kind of what we call bifurcating. Kind of that middle is getting smaller. What we're seeing is we're seeing some growth in the very biggest farms, and we're seeing growth in the smallest farms. And that growth in the largest farms really has kind of slowed down. Um, it's when you when you see a big CAFO operation start up and expand, it's kind of very visible, but they're they're not that common. If there is growth in the number of smaller farms or modest-sized, less than $100,000, if we want to keep those farms operating, we have to have off-farm income. But even the largest farms, even the farms in Wisconsin have more than a million dollars in sales, about 14% of uh, farm household income is coming from off the farm. Now, that could be that insurance, that medical insurance. They're, they're, they're taking off-farm employment for that health insurance, and it's supplementing the family. But it's um, almost uniformly, we see very, very few farms that do not have some form of off-farm income. Mm-hmm. 
So now what kind of information, a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of this information is uh, used by policymakers, uh, people that are trying to come up with resolutions, uh, trying to solve what they perceive as problems. What are you suggesting that they take away from this, Steve, when they took a look at this Windicators Farm Household Income Survey and study that you did? I mean, the obvious clear message is that most of our majority of our farms in Wisconsin have off-farm income. What else should they be taking away from this, not just about agriculture, but those rural communities? I think one of the things you have to realize is that a lot of our legislators are coming from urban settings, and they really don't understand agriculture. They really don't understand rural Wisconsin, and that's true in, in Washington, um, D.C. as well. So you have this perception from many of these urban legislators that you know a healthy rural economy is a healthy farm economy. Yeah, there's some truth to that, but that's too simple. I hope the takeaway is that the farming community and the local economic development efforts and whatnot start to kind of partner together a little bit more, and that the state is maybe in a position to help facilitate that a little bit. To kind of say, if we want to keep farming as part of our economy and part of our culture, which I think is really important, um, that we need to kind of think about farming in a little bit different way. Not a fundamental structural shift, but just in a kind of, we need healthy rural economies in order to keep these farms alive. Frail. That's the way I'd kind of describe it, folks, if you think about it. A lot of farms in Wisconsin we're very proud of, but when you do a deeper dive on the actual size of those farms, the financial viability of those farms as it relates to keeping a family comfortable and protected, well, then things start to uh, change up a little bit. Dr. Steve Deller is in studio with us. He's a professor in the Department of Applied and Agriculture Economics on the UW-Madison campus. Very interesting study that he's put together. Windicators, farm household income. That's how you may want to search for it on the World Wide Web. Steve, do you have the uh, completed project up anywhere, uh, website or otherwise? We will put it up probably in the next 24 hours. Excellent. So again, like I said, I'll have a link at MidwestFarmReport.com if you want to take a closer look at the numbers. And of course, we'll have this uh, interview conversation up as well. MidwestFarmReport.com. Dr. Steve Deller in studio with us from the Department of Applied and Agriculture Economics on the UW-Madison campus.